I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode, episode number 96, if you can believe it, is six mistakes I made while wedding planning. So I will start off by saying I absolutely loved our wedding. We had an amazing time. And even the wedding planning process was pretty painless compared to some horror stories I've heard. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that my partner and I really planned the day together and that we did have a very small wedding, you know, 21 guests, pretty casual, had the um, ceremony and reception at a family member's house. So it was a pretty uh, casual, intimate affair, did not spend years and years planning it, did not spend tens of thousands of dollars, some some amount of dollars, but not not uh, in the you know upper, um, we might not even have hit five figures, to be honest. Um, and I think that really did help to make the wedding planning experience a little bit easier, but mistakes were still made. And I think these are mistakes that are not just Um, specific to our wedding day. Like it's not like, oh, we should not have ordered this specific cake from this specific baker, but more general mistakes that I think a lot of people could hopefully learn from and avoid. (laughs) Um, If you are new here or if you've missed some of my past episodes, I've done a ton of episodes all about my wedding. I did one on all of the things I regret from my wedding, all the things I wish I knew before my wedding. Uh, I discussed my real budget, what I had planned and what I actually ended up spending. I talked about disasters that happened in the weeks leading up to my wedding, including needing to find a new photographer and officiant with, uh, I think, 27 days to go. (laughs) Um, And I did a wedding episode, basically our whole wedding weekend, the story of our wedding. And I also did a honeymoon episode all about our honeymoon. So if you are interested in any of those, head back. They're probably in the last 10 or so episodes, uh, 15 maybe, you'll find 
all of those good ones. But today is all about the mistakes I made while wedding planning. So let's jump right in. Mistake number one, and I think this is a big one that a lot of people are going to make, is not factoring in budget creep. So budget creep is when you expect something to cost, you know, X number of dollars, but you forget about all the little extras that are also part of that that actually make it cost Y. So for example, let's say you were going to buy a t-shirt at the mall and the shirt is $20. You think, okay, amazing, $20, all set, but you forget about tax. So now it's I don't know what the tax is where you live, but let's say now it's $22 and you forget that you have to, you know, get a bus to the mall and back. So now it's $27 and you also wanted to get a drink. So now it's $30. You know what I mean? So that $20 t-shirt is now $30 and that is budget creep. <laughs> so when my partner and I first put together our budget for the wedding, we kind of went through all of the big categories for the wedding and we threw out numbers, you know, what we thought it was going to cost. And we added that all up and we got to $3,000. Um, but we gave ourselves a little wiggle room. We figured, okay, you know, some of these numbers we just made up. We don't actually know what things cost. Um, you know, we were being a bit conservative. Let's call it $5,000. But at the end of the day, we probably spent closer to, uh, you know, $8,000. So the budget definitely creeped crept all the way up. Um, and again, I did an episode all about my real wedding budget using real numbers. So you can head back and listen to that if you're curious about how much we spent on everything. If you think, um, you know, $8,000 is really high or really low, you can take a listen to that episode and see where it all went. <laughs> um, but it's just the little things. They really, really do start adding up. So for example, in our original uh, wedding budget, I think we said instead of doing a wedding cake, we weren't interested in that. We were just going to do donuts. We have this really awesome donut shop where we live that has the most amazing donuts and we figured okay we're just gonna get donuts everyone can have a donut and that'll cost I think we said it was gonna be like 50 bucks or 75 bucks or something like that to get everyone one of these really good artisanal donuts but then <laughs> um our moms got involved and they were like, oh, you can't just do donuts. You know, people are going to want something else. You got to have other options. And this actually became, this should be a whole mistake in itself. This became one of the biggest headaches, having other options, trying to satisfy everyone. And at the end of the day, what we ended up doing is we did have donuts and we also had uh, cakes in jars. We found this cool bakery that does jar cakes. And we had a big bouquet of fresh fruit with a lot of it dipped in chocolate um, and coffee and tea. So there really were options for everyone. But the donuts were such a hit. So were the cakes. Uh, people really liked the jar cakes and the fruit. Obviously, you know, no one minds fruit. That was fine. Um, but I think if we had just had the donuts, I don't think anyone would have been upset. Um, I just couldn't picture someone coming to our wedding and being like, what? Just donuts. This wedding sucks. Like the donuts were amazing. Um, everyone, you know, if you're not a donut person, then no big deal. You had dinner. Like, you know, it doesn't, when I go to a wedding, I'm not there being like, oh my gosh, they better have my dream dessert. They better have, you know, eight different dessert options for me. Like, great. If they serve a cake that I don't really like, no big deal. I'll have a small slice or I won't have any. And it's totally fine. So I think we could have gotten away with just donuts, but <laughs> I am glad we had the cakes in jars. They were really tasty. However, the costs really, really ballooned from that 50 or $75 that we had originally budgeted for donuts. We forgot that, of course, we'd want to give people a few options, you know, not just one donut per person, but maybe having two or three donuts per person, having a few different flavors. Uh, when it came to the cake jars, it wasn't as simple as just ordering the cake jars. We had to test out a few different bakeries. So that mean meant paying for like cake tasting samples. A lot of these places were really small, so they didn't do free samples. Uh, you basically just had to order um, some cake jars or whatever it was, other little desserts. We ended up 
doing three separate dessert tastings where we had to pay for all of those different desserts. We also had to pay for delivery. Um, we had to pay for delivery for the day of the wedding. That fruit basket cost money. We had to pay for that. We had to pay for the delivery. Actually, my mom did gift us that, but it was a cost. Um, so the dessert cost probably, I don't have my budget in front of me, but again, if you head back and listen to that budget episode, probably ended up being like 300 or some dollars, maybe more on dessert. And we had originally budgeted just 50. So you can see how costs can really balloon. Same with outfits. I had wanted to find a dress for under $500, which I did. It was about 500 I think maybe 550 but again there were taxes on that so you know that's a huge chunk there was alterations which was you know three hundred dollars i had to buy new shoes i had to get new undergarments there was all the accessories um all those things you just don't think about when you drop down a price of oh, okay yeah five hundred dollars on a dress um, so the lesson here is give yourself so, so, so much wiggle room. I used to think the idea of leaving yourself, you know, 10% extra in your budget was really good. But honestly, from our original budget of three to 5,000, jumping up to whatever it was, seven to 9,000, we almost doubled. And I understand we're working with a lot smaller numbers. If you were planning to have a wedding of, you know, 50,000, hopefully you're not doubling up to a hundred thousand. Cause that's, you know, <laughs> that's a big balloon. Um, but give yourself a ton of wiggle room. If you have, uh, extra budget. If you have the ability, give yourself a lot of space. Don't, you know, have it maxed out to the T on your initial calculations because things are going to come up. There's going to be budget creep. It happens in every single wedding and do your homework. Try to uh, do some research about what things actually cost and remember all the extras. Remember that you have to pay taxes, tips. Um, if you're giving gifts, you know, even something as simple as, you know, we decided to create our own invitations and save the dates, but we had to pay to print them. We had to buy stamps. We had to, you know, things like that. Um, little costs really do add up. So give yourself a lot of wiggle room and try to remember all of those extra costs. Okay, mistake number two is allowing a never-ending to-do list with so, so, so many small things. So I will say I am glad we had a to-do list. It really kept us on track. It was something that my husband and I put together. We sat down and created this giant uh, Google Sheets doc, and one of the pages was just this big to-do list that we had with everything we had to do and a due date next to it, um, and you could cross it off once you were done. And I'm glad that we had that. It kept us on track, and it also kept both of us really involved in the process. You know, we both had um, editing privileges on the docs. We could open it up at any time and just say, okay, where are we? What do we still have to do? However, I think the way we put it together was a little bit um, mishmash. <laughs> Basically, we just kind of came up with a bunch of things we thought we had to do. And a lot of them didn't have firm due dates. It was just like, okay, this has to get done, I guess, before the wedding. Um, and that was kind of hard to know what to prioritize, what to work on. A lot of them were just really vague. I think one of the to-do list items was just like, husband outfit. Um, but obviously that meant like deciding what he wanted to wear, going to try things on, going to different shops, getting, you know, purchasing it, getting it fitted, doing alterations, picking it back up, getting shoes and a belt and socks and all these different things. There were so many things that went into that. So I really wish we had done some more big picture thinking. And I think that's the lesson here is yes, make a to-do list, you know, some sort of spreadsheet or document to keep you on track. Do that with your partner. I think both of those things we did well. However, have a bit more of a plan. Don't just add things to the list anytime something comes up. Really sit down and say, okay, you know, outfits, that's one heading. What are all the different things we have to do underneath outfits? And, you know, when do we want to have all of them done by? Let's put actual due dates on this. Because so often we would open up the spreadsheet and go, oh, can't do that. Can't do that. Mm, that's too far away. Okay. All right. Guess we're done. Um, when there probably was things to work on, we just weren't organized in the correct way. So take some time to actually 
plan out your to-do list so it's a little bit more efficient um, and you can actually work from it rather than just this really scary long list of things to do. Especially as the wedding got closer, I would find like something would pop up in my head often in the middle of the night, which is a little bit scary. And I would send myself a message with it and I would just add it to the to-do list. And I'm sure if I pulled up our to-do list right now, there probably are still, you know, 20 or 30 things that are not checked off the to-do list because there was just so many little things that came up. So I think the lesson there is one, to accept that that's going to happen. That is just the nature of planning planning a big event with a lot of pressure on it. There are going to be little things that come up towards the end, um, but also accepting and, and understanding that a lot of those little things don't matter and to try to let them go, you know, think big picture, try to stay on track and just make your to-do list uh, a little bit more manageable and efficient than ours was. <laughs> Mistake number three is not really paying attention, paying attention to my attention, not realizing that my attention would wane. So for example, there were times when I really was not interested in wedding planning. There was a lot of other stuff going on in my life. We had some, you know, family issues, health issues, and I just was not interested in wedding planning. And then there were other times when I was super interested in wedding planning. I really wanted to do something. I was so obsessed. I was reading articles. I was in all the Facebook groups, but there wasn't really anything to do. Like we were just at a stage of wedding planning where there wasn't a lot going on. Um, and then, you know, in the week or so leading up to the wedding, I was so focused on the wedding. Like I said, waking up in the middle of the night, thinking of things to add to the to-do list. Uh, my brain was just not in it. And uh, smartly, I took off two days from work leading up to the wedding. But honestly, I wish I had taken off the whole week. Um, I was so distracted. I had a really hard time getting my work done that week. And especially for me, you know, I work from home. It's from the exact same laptop where I'm doing all my planning. So it was so easy for me to have, you know, uh, some work things opened on one tab, some wedding things working on work opened bleh, some wedding things opened on another tab you know my mom on the phone trying to do 8 billion different things at the same time and just always sort of having part of my head in wedding mode so i think the lesson here is just to try to leave yourself room for these differences in your attention understanding that you know towards the beginning you might be really interested but not have much to do okay so what can you do i think i did an episode I'm not sure which one, if you'd have to head back in the archive, I think I did an episode about like things you can do for your wedding, even, you know, if you don't have a date set yet or things like that, there are things you can do, you know, you can put together your playlist, you can always do a dessert tasting, that's fun, you can take engagement photos, things like that, um, as well as leaving yourself some time for like, hey, I don't want to put, you know, all of the due dates for our wedding to-do list at the one month out mark because, you know, life happens and something might happen and that might be a really hard time. I know we had a ton of stuff on our to-do list that for some reason we had decided were due, was due September 1st and uh, we got married September 19th. So it was like three weeks out and we put a ton of things like, okay, we'll have it done by September 1st, September 1st, September 1st. And that was a really difficult and stressful time for us because we had just had family visit in the last week of August. We were gearing up for another wedding in the second, I think second week of September. So it was a super, super busy time. And honestly, we could have moved a lot of those things around. So I think just being a little bit more lenient with your schedule, giving yourself time, understanding that your attention probably is going to wane. Sometimes you're going to be super into wedding planning. Sometimes you're not. Um, another tip or lesson here would be if you have the ability, take some more time off that week before your wedding, even if you're having a small wedding like we did, 21 people at a family member's house, very, you know, intimate, casual, your brain is still going to be in wedding mode. And it's really nice, again, if you are able, if you have the means to take some time off um, and just sort of let yourself be in that wedding mode and not try to split your attention. 
Another thing you can do here is delegate, ask for help. I think that's super important. I actually might do a whole episode on how to appropriately ask for help because I think we are sort of in an age where people think they can just like assign other people wedding tasks. Um, and that works if you're paying them, but if you're not, I don't think that's appropriate. And lastly here, I would say a big lesson is to set aside time when you are wedding planning and time when you're not wedding planning. This is not something we did, even though I've talked about it on past episodes, I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here, but I think it is really helpful, especially when it comes to time that you and your partner are spending together to have specific times when you're like, okay, we are wedding planning now, you know, we're both in it. Let's put our heads in and times when, okay, this is not about the wedding. So for example, you know, and this will depend on when you're getting married, how far out you are, but you could say, okay, you know, Sundays, that's wedding planning day. So you both know every Sunday you're going to be doing some sort of wedding planning task. You're not um, surprising the other person with it. Like, you know, if your partner is feeling really tired or they made plans for the day and you're saying, oh, well, we have to wedding plan. Like no one has to nag anyone. It's just on the calendar. Everyone knows Sunday come ready to wedding plan. Um, or you could say, you know, Thursdays are our date night and there is no wedding talk. We're not going to talk about the wedding. We're not going to, well, you'll probably think about it, but we're not going to talk about it. There's no wedding planning. We're just going to go out and have a nice date and, you know, be us and talk about work and friends and movies and your theories about the latest Marvel movie, whatever. Um, but just having that non-wedding time, I think that's really nice to have some clear boundaries around you know, when you're planning and when you're not. And I think that would really help your attention sort of um, be appropriate to where you are in your wedding planning process. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So mistake number four is putting myself in the middle. And I actually think this was probably my biggest mistake and my biggest, um, at least emotional issue when it came to the wedding. Um, throughout the wedding planning process and definitely towards the end, I felt very much in the middle between my mom and my partner, my, my now husband. And I will say here, my mom is amazing. My husband is amazing. They get along really well. They're both very lovely, nice, wonderful people. So I can't even imagine what this would be like if that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, I probably would not be married to my husband, <laughs> but um, they're both, yeah, they're both wonderful. They're both so lovely. Um they both had very, you know, similar visions for the wedding, but I just felt like I was often stuck in the middle. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that my mom was such a big part of our planning process. Um, if you listen to our wedding story episode, I think I go into this a little bit, just sharing how the venue where we got married was a family member's house, but my mom was sort of like the 
liaison, as it were, like she was the one really helping us uh, set up that venue. You know, she was our connection to it. It was outside of the family. She was coordinating lots of deliveries. She was doing decor. She was, you know, hosting a bunch of things. It really did feel like she was basically hosting the wedding at her home. And I think that sort of blurred the line. Uh, I think it would have been a very different story if we had rented a separate venue. And honestly, there was, I can't even remember why, but there was points in the wedding planning process where I almost said to my husband, like, forget it, let's just rent a separate venue because it just felt like it would have been easier and cleaner and smoother. Um, but I really did feel very trapped in the middle. Like there were things that my mom and I would talk about, you know, she would just call me in the middle of the day. Like I said, she was very involved in the planning. She was the the one who was really hosting at the venue and I work from home and my schedule's pretty flexible, pretty fluid. So she would, you know, call me in the middle of the day and we would chat for a long time about different wedding planning things. And then my partner would get home and I would feel like I had to like catch him up. Um, I just felt so so wrong to feel like I was, you know, catching him up on his wedding planning that I was doing with someone else. And there was, you know, instances where it felt like I was, you know, being mean to my mom by, you know, not taking her opinion into account or not doing what she thought I should do. And then other instances where I felt like I was, you know, going against what my partner wanted to do because I was, you know, siding with my mom. And I just really, I hated it. I really did not like it. And I hope this is not a dynamic that continues <laughs> um, in our family going forward, especially if my uh, husband and I, you know, have kids in the future. I hope this is not something that does continue. Um, it was tough. It really was tough. And again, this is with two of the most wonderful, kind, thoughtful, generous people I know. And, you know, who love me, who love each other, who are just, who are lovely. So <laughs> it was still really difficult. And, um, you know, at times I really had to put my foot down. And I think towards the end, I really just started saying like, you know what, I, I actually don't care about that. And I think that comes across as a little bit harsh, but it really was where I was at. It's sort of a thing of like, hey, I don't want to be the middle person here. I don't really care if we get, you know, this kind of decor or that kind of decor, if we do something in this room or in that room. Um, but mom, you have an opinion, partner, you have an opinion. And I, you know, I don't care. I don't want to be the person in the middle here. Like you two can get on the same page or, you know, one of you can take the lead on this, but I don't care. And I don't want to put any more emotional energy into it. So there are a few lessons here. And I think some of them I probably still need to learn or wish, you know, I could go back in time and, and redo. But at the end of the day, your wedding is for you and your partner. It is your day. It is your partner's day. And I think it's so important that you plan that day together and that your partner does feel like they are part of it. And I know that's really difficult, especially um, if you're in a stereotypical cis-hetero relationship where the groom wants nothing to do with the planning, just wants to show up, and it's more about the bride and the mom. And maybe your groom is fine with that, um, but maybe they're not. So I think checking in with them and making sure that the two of you are planning your day the way that you want it to be. Um, really having those healthy boundaries. Again, I've, I've talked about this before about how the wedding is kind of like a, a practice for the rest of your life, especially when it comes to things like dealing with money and dealing with family. This is a really great time to start setting those very healthy boundaries and saying, you know what, like, thanks so much for your input, mom. I need to go talk to my partner about this, we'll get back to you. Or like, actually, my partner and I are going to do this. Thank you so much for your, for your feedback or your advice. Um, I wish I had done that a little bit more. 
uh, just really, you know, like, I don't want to say, you know, you need to be against your moms or your family or whoever it is that you're thinking of in this situation, but you really are starting a new family with your partner. Um, you're going to be a, a team, you're together. And I think it's so important that you have each other's backs. And that was something I tried to keep in mind. Um, but if I can encourage you to do that better than I did, <laughs> uh, you know, you and your partner are a team, you're a united front, make your decisions together. Um, if you are struggling with this, if you're having a hard time, set those healthy boundaries, step away, even using my line of saying, you know what, actually, I don't care about this thing. I'm stepping out. Um, I think that's okay. Get, getting all the decision makers in the same room, I think would be really helpful. I think a lot of the reason why I felt like I was in the middle was because I was the one on the phone with my mom and then having the conversation with my partner. And I think it would have been really helpful if the three of us were all in a room together and able to chat and discuss. Um, and lastly, the last lesson here, I think, is really just to check in on your relationships and prioritize them. I've shared this before, but none of your relationships should be, especially your important ones, should be sacrificed for your wedding day. This is not a situation where, you know, if you and your mom have had a really lovely relationship up until this point, but there's just so much wedding stress and you've decided to cut her out of your life, like unless that was something that was already brewing, um, your wedding is not worth it. Do not sacrifice your relationship with anyone important in your life um, over, over a wedding. So really prioritizing those relationships, I think, is so, so important. And again, this is not saying giving toxic people a pass and, you know, letting people step all over you. Setting those boundaries is super important. I'm just saying, you know, if it's a thing, if you've just been in the taffeta world for too long, take a step back and check in on your relationships. Okay, mistake number five is not building in enough time into the day. And this one really surprised me because I had heard this um, said on, you know, previous podcasts, Facebook groups, Instagrams, whatever, people always saying like, oh my gosh, the day goes by so quickly. It doesn't feel like you have enough time. And I said, okay, everyone says this. I'm going to make sure we have so much time in our schedule. It's going to be super relaxing. We're going to have, you know, tons of downtime. And of course the day comes and you still feel so rushed, which is hilarious because we honestly had a pretty relaxing day. You know, we woke up, we didn't have alarms set. We, um, pretty chill. The only thing we had to do, we had to go pick up the donuts that we were serving for dessert. I think around 11 o'clock we picked those up and then I had my hair and makeup appointment at two. So those were sort of the big things that we had to do on the day of. And yet it felt really, really rushed. And I think it's just, it's just like that chaotic energy of the wedding day is what happens. So in hindsight, we should have probably delegated and had someone else go to pick up the donuts. It was something we talked about. It was just really difficult to schedule with. We already had a lot of people helping us out get uh, with getting deliveries and things like that. And just the donuts was the only weird one that was at like a strange time of day. So we just decided to do it. Um, in hindsight, we probably should have just, you know, put my dad in a cab and told him to do it just so we could have a little bit more downtime at the hotel to chill, to relax. It would have been nice to even like I don't know, go for a swim or go for a walk or something like that. Um, in my getting ready, I should have left some more time. The plan was basically I was going to get my hair and makeup done um, and then come back to the hotel and we would have, I think, like an hour and a half before the photographer arrived. But our photographer actually decided she was going to gift us with an extra hour of photography. Uh, she wanted to take photos of our getting ready together because she thought it was just really cool that the bride and groom were getting ready together. No one else, just the two of us. And then she was also early on top of that. So basically, as I was coming out of my hair and makeup, she was already calling saying, hey, I'm parking. Um, I'm coming up. So I didn't even get 
like I walked back into the hotel room with the photographer. So I didn't even get a minute to sort of, you know, take a breath, uh, clean up the room, you know, get all my stuff together. You know, they always say like, oh, make sure you have all your accessories and things together for your photographer to take photos. I didn't have any of that time. Um, during the actual photo session, time just goes so quickly. I had no idea what time it was, right? Like I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a watch. So I had no idea. I felt like we were running late and we were, you know, showing up at the ceremony location and our guests were entering, but we were already supposed to be there. Um, you know, things were supposed to be happening and it just it felt rushed. So we should have left ourselves more time. And that really is the lesson here. Even if you think you've left yourself lots of time, leave yourself even more time. Add in way more time than you think you're going to need, especially time that's just for you. So whether that is, you know, time in the morning to journal or go for a swim or go for a walk or time after your hair and makeup just to like have half an hour just to chill, to have a drink, whatever it is, take a breath, like add in so, so, so much time to your wedding day. Trust me, I don't think anyone's ever like, wow, that wedding day went so slow. <laughs> like, man, I wish we could have hurried up. Like, definitely not. Wedding days always feel so rushed. So add in a ton of time if you can. My sixth and final mistake is not managing my energy levels. I talked about this in a previous episode. I think the one about my wedding regrets, but basically, um, you know, I am an introvert, uh, which is strange. I know that I have a podcast where I talk out loud to a bunch of people, but <laughs> I am very much an introvert. And of course, the night before my wedding, I did not sleep very well. I was anxious. I was nervous. I didn't get a lot of sleep. It was a busy day, a ton of energy, um, you know, up all day long, kind of being nervous, getting ready. So we did the getting ready, we did the photos, we did the ceremony, we did our dances, we did family photos. And then after that, I was just spent. Like I remember there was a moment up on the roof, we had just finished all our family photos, all our guests headed downstairs to the reception. It was just me and my partner and we did a couple photos, uh, popping a bottle of champagne, which were hilarious photos. Um, and it was over and I, I think I said out loud to the photographer and to my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, can I go home? Like, are we done? And that, and we weren't done. There was still, <laughs> there was still the entire reception to go. There was probably still like four hours of the wedding left. And I was just spent, like I was already exhausted. It was really, <laughs> it was really tough for me. And I think that I, I felt that through the reception, I felt like I didn't have enough energy, just the idea of, you know, and these, again, it was 21 guests, people I love so dearly, the most important people in my life. Um, so it wasn't even small talk, but but the idea of making, of you know, wedding small talk, whatever you want to call it, with all those people was so exhausting for me. And I think I felt it and I hope, I hope none of the guests felt it, but I felt like it was a really hard time for me. And there were moments, you know, where I just sort of wanted to take a break. Um, at one point, my husband and I went and like walked the dog quickly. And that was like a really nice way to sort of like just breathe and have a minute. Um but I, I wish I had thought about this a bit more. And I think that's the big lesson here is just know yourself. Are you an introvert? Are you someone who struggles to keep your energy up all day long? If you've ever, ever been in a wedding and felt really tired, um, just times that by a billion. That's what your own wedding is going to be. And do some things ahead of time to help you. So for me, I wish I had built in more breaks. I wish I had put time in the schedule where, okay, this is going to be, you know, 15 minutes just me and my husband and we're just gonna like get a second to sit down and chill um i wish i had fueled up a bit more whether that's like eating a more energy fueling lunch uh even like downing a coffee or an energy drink not that i think that's the answer here but i think that would have helped <laughs> um i even wish i just pushed myself a little bit more i wish i had been a little bit more cognizant of like hey you know what you're not gonna feel super energetic talking with 
a bunch of people in a, you know, small talky kind of setting is not your favorite thing, but this is your wedding. Make the most of it. There is a point where my sister-in-law and a couple other ladies had broken out the vodka and were just being so silly, taking photos. And I remember sitting across the room, watching them being like, oh, that's so fun. And I wish I just like pushed myself and been like, get in there. Like, it's your wedding. You're allowed to be one of the silly, fun people, you know, doing a vodka shot, get in there, get in those photos, have a good time. And, oh, I'm getting sad thinking about it, but which is silly because our wedding was amazing and I had a wonderful time. I just wish I'd been a little bit more energetic and a little bit more present through the reception and that my refrain wasn't like, oh, I'm tired and I'm hungry. (laughs) Um, I wish I had talked to my partner a bit more ahead of time and just shared with him, you know, how I might be feeling or even on the day, pulled him aside and say said how I was feeling because I think he would have been able to really support me either, you know, being like a social crutch for me, helping in situations or making sure we took those breaks. So my advice to you, if any of this is resonating, if this feels like something that you might be dealing with is to know yourself, plan for um, how you want to handle your energy, whether it is taking breaks, fueling up, pushing yourself, asking for support. Um, actually, no, definitely ask for support. Don't let don't let that one just be an or. Definitely. And and ask for support, uh, whether that's your partner, a family member, a member of the wedding party, a planner, someone who can help you out and give you whatever it is you need to best manage your energy levels. All right. So those are the six big mistakes I made while wedding planning. I'm sure I made so many more, but those were the six that sort of stuck out to me and that I think would apply to other weddings. So just to go through them again quickly, first mistake was not factoring in budget creep. And the lesson there is to give yourself lots of wiggle room in your budget and to add in those extras like taxes, tips, and gifts. Mistake number two was allowing a never ending to-do list with lots of small things. The lesson here is to craft a to-do list in a bit more of a planned manner. (laughs) Look at things big picture and also understand that, you know, little things are going to come up in those last few weeks, but try to let them go. They probably don't matter as much as you think. Mistake number three was not realizing that my attention would wane through the wedding planning process. The lesson here is to leave yourself some room for different attention spans, to take time off if you can afford it, and to set aside specific time to wedding plan and not to wedding plan with your partner. Mistake number four was getting caught in the middle. And the lesson here is to be a partner, be be a team with your partner, set healthy boundaries, and uh, make sure you're prioritizing relationships over a one-day event. Mistake number five was not building in, in enough time into the timeline of our day. The lesson, of course, is just add in way more time than you think you're going to need, especially prioritizing and protecting that time that's just for you. And mistake number six was not managing my energy levels. The lesson here is just to know yourself and plan for the energy you think you're going to have, and of course, ask for help. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope hearing these mistakes um, makes you feel a little bit more empowered and knowledgeable heading into your own wedding. You know, if these are things that you're going to be dealing with, hopefully you can learn from my mistakes and some of these lessons are helpful to you. And as always, I wish you all the best and happy wedding planning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings.